We're going to be breaking down the latest updates in the hot stove. Starting this one off is Blake Snell. Snell is a two-time Cy Young Award winner, but his market has been slow. Connor, what are your first impressions on the market? Yeah, my first impressions are the market has definitely been slow. I would have thought that a pitcher of Snell's caliber coming off the Cy Young season, I would have thought teams would definitely have been more eager to make a move on him. Uh, as I've said before, I do think Baltimore, Seattle is probably the the top landing spots for him. So I think within the next couple of weeks, we'll see him uh, sign definitely a long-term deal. Yeah, I think Thank that you. contract's coming soon. And uh, I see that value being about $25, 26000000 million a year. And I think a team could give him, you know, five, six years. So I, I agree kind of with the destinations, but I still think there's, you know, plenty of places he can end up. Yeah, so his market kind of – he's represented by Scott Boris, super agent, who makes sure his his players get the best contract available. What I saw on Twitter, I'm not sure this is true, Snell is – he wants nine years, $270 million. Do you think that's a little bit too much for a player like Blake Snell or just right? Um, Wait, how much did you say? I said nine years, two hundred seventy million. This, this. Place. I just, I don't think it will have that length on the deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I, I don't think that like value of thirty a year is like outrageous. But I do think it's dropped like over time, as we get closer to you know the beginning of the season, that number could come down. And I think the highest he'll get at this point is maybe twenty six, twenty seven a year. Yeah, nine years would put him into his age season. So I don't think it'll be that caliber deal. I think it'll be maybe like a five, six year, but I definitely think twenty plus million dollars is definitely feasible. I think any team is willing to make that payout for uh, the strikeouts he's going to have, the ERA is going to put up. As we said numerous times before, the command is an issue. The walks are the highest in the league, but if he can tone that down, I think he can be a well, we've already seen he can be a Cy Young pitcher, but definitely do that for another season. So if you were an MLB GM, what would your contract offer to be to Blake Snow, and what would you expect him to sign? Um, I think, you know, that length-wise, you know, you could – I think some GMs could envision maybe a six-year, like a five-six-year. But like as you said, you know, maybe an eight or nine. However, I think that'll be something – where he'll he'll get maybe that longer deal from a team, but I don't think it'll be the right move. So logically, I think about, you know, a five-year 145 sounds about right. Yeah, I was going to go with something more like six years 170, but definitely definitely around there. I don't think a team extends an eight, nine-year deal with a snail at this point in his career. I can definitely see six years, 150. I think John Heyman confirmed that was the number the Yankees uh, offered him. His market is definitely going to fall because, kind of like you said, his command rate has just been atrocious over the years. He led the league in walks, 99. Uh, he's a good pitcher. I don't know how long the the hard stuff is going to be there. Do you think he can be a solid ace or number two, three for a team? Or do you think his production just falls off? Well, uh, like with my contract number, I said like higher, like he'll get a higher per year than what I think he should get. Because I think there will be teams that will be willing to pay up and get their main guy or their number two 
So if he lands, you know, in a place that's willing to pay up for him, I think he will have a high role in that rotation. I mean, do do you expect him to be a number like a two three, or do you expect him to be an ace? Well, I think it depends where he goes. I mean, if he goes to a team with a clear cut ace, then yeah, it'll be a two three. If a team that you know doesn't have as strong, I mean, the Orioles have like great pitchers, but I think he would be the number one there, even though they have you know multiple guys that are solid. So it kind of just depends where he goes. When do you think he signs? I think. Blake Snell is definitely a guy where people are wanting to see when he signs. When do you think he signs? Um, I mean, he should get there soon. You've seen really everybody, like at least a lot of people that are bigger names, sign at this point. So it's only a matter of time, and he'll make that move pretty soon. Another Scott Boers client, Cody Bellinger, his market kind of completely collapsed this offseason after Juan Soto was moved. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays were listed as a, t- a potential suitor for him. We said that in episode one. Uh, James, as a Cubs fan, can you recap his 2023 season? Yeah, I mean, I think first off, he was, you know, a good face to have in that locker room. And I think even with, like, you know, Dansby wanting him back and plenty of other players won that too. He had a solid year. I mean, he hit over 300. And, I mean, sure, it wasn't, like, his MVP year, like, power-wise, but he still had a solid 26 home runs and 30 other extra base hits. So, overall, you know, a good year from 130 games, getting an over 300 hitter on, you know, that one-year $17 million that he had. Good value hitter. You know what he's capable of. Just a good player all around worth keeping would you feel comfortable giving him a six to seven year deal heard he was looking for 200 million dollars i think that's what he'll get but do you think teams are willing to give out that type of money to a hitter that's been inconsistent over the years uh, i think if anyone's you know willing to do that i think you have to front load that deal i mean you don't want to be paying a 34 year old cody bellinger over 30 million dollars but i really would expect something like probably a four year maybe, but I get the, I mean, I could totally see, you know, a team that wants him really bad. They could pay a, you know, a six year, one fifty or eight year, two twenty, two forty deal and, you know, pay up and get them on a long deal. And that's really the only way you can get them. Do you think Cody Bellinger kind of repeats his, what he did in 2023 throughout the rest of this, uh, quote-unquote fake contract he's expected to get? Or do you think he goes back to the numbers he saw in L.A.? Well, I mean, you look at his time in L.A. and you have three really solid years and you have three bad years. So, you know, he's, he's a very on-and-off player. He'll either, you know, hit at an MVP level, which you saw in 19. You can even argue that rookie year in 2017 where he's an all-star and hit 39 home runs coming up to the league and, you know, dominating right away, getting rookie of the year. So possibly he'll hit at that same level. But, yes, you also have that chance of, you know, his seasons where he hit 165 and 210. Where do you, where could you see Cody Bellinger realistically ending up? Well, I think you have to look at Chicago just 
coming back, you know. Uh, that's my prediction at the moment. Uh, I think I was originally saying Toronto as well because, you know, they're losing a couple guys. So maybe that could happen, but I'll stick with Chicago. Just I think everyone likes them and it'll be a good face here. I think he definitely earned the trust of that front office this offseason. And you mentioned he was an on-and-off hitter. What my predictions for Cody Bellinger's in this realistic six-year contract, I think we'll have three really good seasons. And then we're just going to see that production just drop off as his bat's going to decline, the power's going to decline. He becomes that hitter that we saw the last three years in L.A. He'll become a 200 hitter, and he'll struggle to hit his weight. Cody Bellinger's not a guy I was not really too high on anymore. If he was able to keep his MVP numbers up, I think he'd be up there where, you know, Judge and Juan Soto are right now. But obviously this guy was a great player. Now he's a shell of himself. I hope he can repeat what he did in 2019, but I don't really see the next six years treating him too kindly. Well, you- I mean, you know, in a Bellinger contract, a key thing could be like an opt out, if because you know he's such a on and off player, mm-hmm. and I mean he could flop after you know two or three years, and you know I think there's contract possibilities that'll let him go on an opt out. So do you think he can produce the same numbers he did in, in 2023, or, or do you think it's a fluke year? I think it's obviously possible, and, you know, he could do better than that. Um, but I think there is also the clear side of he can do worse than that. So we'll see, but hopefully he can, especially if he goes to Chicago. Yeah, he's definitely the biggest question mark on, in this offseason. I want to transition to Josh Hader. He signed a record-breaking deal today. What were your first impressions on that contract? Well, you know, it's a contending team. When I think he, you know, tried that contending with the Padres, just never got all the way there. I mean, he's been elite in almost every year of his career. He has had a few, obviously not this year. Prior to this year, he had a few down years. But, I mean, you know what he's, you know, capable of? And I think he can be that star reliever in that Houston team to get them through the AL and take them back to where they were a year ago. Houston kind of entered the running late in this so-and-so bidding war for Josh Hader. Uh, Connor just texted me his phone died, so that's kind of funny. Josh Hader, Oh, where was I? So, yeah, Houston entered this this bidding war late, and they were eventually able to win this. They had the best one-two in Ryan Presley and Josh Hader in all of baseball, potentially. Josh, do you think paying big-time relievers big money is a good strategy, or should you be like the Tampa Bay Rays and invest in your minor league guys and hopefully they pitch well upwards 90s and trade them when they get good? I mean – you have to look at the team situation for that. And with someone like the Astros, then yeah, when you have basically every position on the field filled with a guy that's capable of playing like at a solid level, uh, I guess the bullpen is really a place where you can spend money. Now this doesn't apply to every team, but you know, contending team like the Astros, it's good to go out and get a 
another guy that you know can lock down the end of get a lot of important games that you know will be coming up postseason time. Yeah, another thought on the Astros joining the race and eventually winning it. They lost Kendall Graveman for the season, and I think this is one of their best pivot moves that they could have done. It's not too late in the offseason. I think this means no more Hector Nares, who who posted a 1.5 year rate for him for them last year. Uh, just a side note, where do you think Hector Nares where his market lands? I mean, you have these guys every year that are those like one two year guys in the bullpen that teams will look at and you know I've heard a little bit on them I've heard you know teams that could always use a solid bullpen arm I've seen the decent amount of Yankees a little bit of Rangers so you know he'll get a solid deal maybe like usually with those guys it ends up being somewhere in the two year maybe a three year and then about 10 11 million a year that's what I'm kind of expecting. So, yeah, you could say like a two-year 22 probably. I wouldn't hate it. And, again, I'm just going to put yourself in the in the shoes of a general manager. Would you pay a big contract to a dominant reliever, or would you spend that money, you know, elsewhere for trying to better the whole team as a, a whole? Um, I mean, it depends on needs. And, I mean, if you are – you know you have guys that you can trust at basically every position, then I guess it's good to have a lockdown closer. But you just need to get, you know, decent amount of guys in that bullpen that you know are capable of closing out games. And if you are if you have the availability to do it, then why not? I don't know, what are your opinions on uh the Josh Hader deal? Uh you just joined back, your phone must have got enough batteries in there. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely, I definitely like the deal for. And back to me. Uh, so. No, no, Connor, Connor, you, Connor. Are you sure? Connor, Connor, like speak, speak. <laughs> yeah, I definitely like the deal for Houston. They've uh, they definitely have the history of having a strong bullpen, and I think this uh, definitely adds to that reputation. Haters, you guys, gonna come in. All right, and back to me. Back to where we started. So James, uh, where do we go? So yeah, here? Kendall Graveman is out for that twenty-four year. So, um, you know, it's really just getting a replacement for him. And, you know, the Astros up their back in a contending position next year. They're a uh, solid team. Big fan of, like, some of those guys. You know, Jeremy Pena, Bregman. Just a good group of guys. Hope they can make their way back. Jordan Hicks signed with the San Francisco Giants in hopes of being a starter for them. Could you see Josh Hader being an quote-unquote opener for the Houston Astros, or do you see this being a primarily a ninth, eighth, ninth inning role? It'll be an it'll be a closer role. I don't think anyone's else wants that really. I don't think anyone really needs a opener. I don't think it's that. I don't know. We were kind of making fun and, of the Jordan Hicks idea last time. So, in years past, uh, I've there's been speculation that Josh Hader has ridicule the idea of pitching more than three outs. Do you see with this contract, I mean, going on, do you think he pitches more than three outs or this is just a guy that's one, two, three, no need to, for him to be coming the eighth and finish off the game? I mean, I, I see haters. I mean, you'll guy, see closers get six out saves on occasion, but he'll be a guy that's meant to, you know, close out the door. 
and just he'll I don't see him pitching like long I mean pre I mean do you think he'll be the closer or Presley? Kyle, what are your thoughts on that one? Oh, he left the call again. Yeah, Jeez. I know. What? This is crazy. Uh, I think, well, okay, ask question again. Ask question again. Yeah, yeah. Do you think their like, main closer will be Presley again, or will it be Hayter? I think it will be Josh Hayter. You don't pay a guy that much money just to go ball out in the eighth inning. Josh Hayter's a guy you, you pay to close down the deal. You pay $19 million a year. That's a lot of money to be paying a guy who's only capable of getting three outs. So, yeah, he's going to be ninth inning. He'll be able to close down ball games. So, another reliever that was just signed up the market was St- Stevenson, Robert. Uh, out of the Tampa Bay. Uh, Robert Stevenson, uh, out of the Tampa Bay Rays, signed with the Angels, who have had a very quiet offseason. Stevenson's a hard throwing righty. What are your expectations for him to be balling in Los Angeles? Um, I mean, yeah, so last year he was sent to the Rays and in his 42 games, I mean, like towards the end of the year, he was very solid. I mean, he had that two, three RA and a little over 38 innings. So it's just a solid setup guy. I mean, closer in some spots and think it'll be a solid reliever for that three-year bet. I mean, the value they're getting him on a three-year deal. I want to kind of transition into Scott Boris a little bit. Do you think his clients are going to be forced to settle into less money this offseason because how slow it's been? Uh, I mean, not necessarily because, I mean, he gets guys their contract and, you know, he'll – I mean, I don't think it is really going to hurt the money too much. He's got Bellinger, Snell, and Chapman still out there. So, I think they'll all still get, you know, solid deals. I mean, he's still, you know, one of the best agents alive in any sport. So, I think they'll get their deals that they need. Maybe it's lowered a little bit, like I was saying with Snell, but they'll still be solid long contracts. Yeah, we mentioned in the episode before that Bellinger will yeah, Bellinger and Snell are both huge question marks. And Scott Boris has answered the call when he comes to filling these big question marks. We saw with Rodon last offseason where his injury health was definitely a big question mark and it still is. But he's able to get those guys the money at the end of the day. I think he'll be forced to settle because the market is moving way too slow. Cody, I'm getting scared for Cody Bellinger personally because, I mean, where does this guy go? He's, he's so inconsistent. And, I mean, so same with Blake Snell. He's won two Cy Youngs, yes. But in the middle of those years, he's been maybe a three-starter at, like, his best. A three-year, three, four-year rave and going into his age 32 season. I don't know. It, it doesn't move the needle for me. I think teams are going to be forced to settle. Well, you know. Less than Snell. It's called a contract year for a reason. That's truly the time they show out at their best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, even if they won't give that same production, I think no matter where they sign, they'll give solid numbers still, like they've been doing for at least some of their career. And, you know, even if they aren't worth 
giving out a nine here, 270 to someone like Snell. He'll still, you know, be a solid pitcher. Maybe not worth taking a reach on, but I think some teams will enjoy having him. So you talk about giving a reach. Yariel Rodriguez. (laughs) (laughs) He pitched in the WBC. I don't even know if he's a starter or a lever because he pitched like four innings every single time. I think the Blue Jays' intention is for him to be the Alex Manoa replacement. Just what are your thoughts on Rodriguez and what is how does this fulfill the Toronto Blue Jays rotation? Um, yeah, I didn't, you know, know him too well or, you know, anything about him. And I've heard some people say that the deal was like a steal, but uh, I think some people aren't a huge fan of him. Uh, in his seven innings in the WBC, he only gave up two runs. So pretty solid outing from him. And over in uh, over in Japan, he posted a 1.15 ERA over 56 games. And uh, he had 60 Ks. So I'm not sure what type of role this really is, but I think he'll give solid numbers for whatever he's doing. He's only 26, so. Connor, what are your thoughts? He's back in the call. Yeah, I kind of agree with James. I think he's going to be just a guy that can come in. He's going to get. He's going to make pitches. He's going to get outs. And I think what we've seen in Japan definitely proves that. Uh, Connor, I think you cut out for the Josh Hader part. I want to get your thoughts on that contract. Just backtracking a little bit. Deal for he. Their bullpen reputation has definitely been one of the best in the league. I think Hader comes in. He definitely replaces Ryan Presley as the closer. And I think Presley becomes more of a seventh, eighth inning setup guy. So I think um, Hader will definitely be the closer for the Astros this coming season. Do you think $19 million is a lot to be paying a reliever? Yeah, I do think it's a lot for a guy that said, you know, like you said, he's only going to pitch three outs. But I think if he if he can go to the numbers he put up in San Diego and definitely uh, his seasons in Milwaukee, I think uh, I can get there on the justification of the nineteen million. And we earlier in the episode when I guess your phone died, Blake Snow, I kind of went on a rant about him being inconsistent throughout his time in San Diego, and eventually his contract year he pulls up a Cy Young season out of his back pocket. Do you, can, do you see Blake Snell as a guy who can be consistent or inconsistent throughout his, his aging years? Yeah, I know you've uh, you've mentioned this before that he said he doesn't care about the walk. He doesn't care about his command. He's going to strike guys out. He's going to throw – he's going to give you five, six innings. Um, and that's fine, but if you're expecting a payout like he's expecting and Scott Boris is expecting, I think teams will have to go – Definitely six, maybe seven innings every start. So, and you can't do that if you're throwing 20, 25 pitches an inning. So, I think if Snell's able to get his command in check, get the walks down, and kind of tone back the strikeouts, you can. I know you can't be a strikeout pitcher and throw not many, very many pitches, but I think if he can do that, uh, his payout will definitely be what he's expecting. Yeah, but this is a little, a little Snell, trivia I've question. Seen- Wait, wait, James, James. Yeah, we got a little trivia question, a little timeout here. Okay. How many times has Blake Snell pitched into the eighth inning in his career? Let's hear some answers. I'm going to go with once. 
James, what, are you, what is your uh, answer? I mean, you bring it up, and it sounds like you're just making it. It might sound... be zero based on why you're bringing it up. I mean, yeah. It is zero. Think... This, guy, this guy has never pitched into the <laughs> eighth thinking, inning, yeah, you and you're going to dish out $200 million <laughs> to a guy who's never pitched in the eighth inning? I don't I mean, care that he's won two Cy Youngs. You're paying him to pay innings. I mean, I'll cut him a little slack. No starting pitcher really out here nowadays is going eight innings in a game. Gary Cole, but Gary Domingo Herman, Domingo Herman would. This dude, this dude got released in the middle of the season. It's capable. You can do it. His buddy, uh, Joe Musgrove, was doing it. In, as was doing it. You Darvish, this if you want to be an ace and get big money, you gotta be pitching to the eighth inning. Gotta and I think. Team. Well, I think part of it is in today's day and age with all the Tommy John surgeries and all the arm issues, I think teams maybe don't want Snell, a pitcher of his caliber, throwing 100-plus pitches a game. So I think that's part of it. But I do agree. Um, he does throw 100-plus pitches a game, but it's in the sixth inning. When he's I like agree. I agree completely. Long. As a starting pitcher, it's your job to take the uh, take the pain off of the bullpen and save their arms too. So I think Snell definitely needs to put up six plus innings a start james what what are your thoughts i mean yeah what i was saying with snell and i think part of that i mean he's gonna age even more and i think with that will come a decrease in his stamina and that's the problem with giving him a nine-year deal that (laughs) i mean you've seen that on multiple like sources and stuff and i was saying i wouldn't throw him more than five or six if you really want him because I mean if you give him a nine-year deal uh, he's gonna be 40 at the end of that so I mean if it's a nine-year deal there you better pray to God that Scott Boers let some opt-outs happen well it's also gonna be uh, I feel like it's also gonna be front-loaded as well oh yeah for Can't sure I don't know if Snell's gonna age like fine wine like Verlander and Scherzer did uh I think I think Blake Snell ages like milk it's good for like the first couple days, maybe some weeks, but you're pushing it. What then? It's like magically good 25. again five years later. Ah, I don't. Five years. What are you? What milk are you drinking? No, I'm just saying. Like he he was insane in 2018, and then he just had. I mean, you could say off years. He wasn't like horrendous, but I mean. Not a guy I'd pay two hundred million to. Well, yeah, like I, I mean, twenty twenty was solid, and his, only, I mean, only eleven games that year, but you know, solid outings. Um, yeah, this was kind of his first time in a minute where he had a Cy Young caliber season, where he goes and picks up his second. So he had an ERA time about those years. Other than that, it was two years. You know, it's not something that's just consistent. So, oh well, some of that has been consistent. That I've, I've, I've drawn so much attention to it just because I want, I just want to emphasize this about Blake Snow is that his walk rate is horrendous. He let, I mean, this is terrible. It can't even pitch into the the seventh inning. You're letting up walks. I don't know. Blake Snow is the type of guy who gets out of he gets out of big jams. But I mean, what if the velocity goes down? What if he lets up a three run home run? And this two ERA shoots up into like the four, and you're front loading this contract, and it's gonna be like thirty mil. I just don't see a team going the distance for Blake Snell. Maybe one team will. Maybe the Angels, who are desperate this off season. I don't know. I think someone can get there. I mean, he's played eight seasons in the big leagues, and 
five of them have been with an ERA under four. So uh, he's still, I mean, 31 years old. Obviously, you don't want to give him a nine-year deal. But if he can put up numbers like he's been putting up the past two, three seasons, I think if he can do that into his age, maybe 35, 36 season, I could get behind that. Yeah, I get – I mean, he's going to be a guy that will give, I mean, solid production. But I just don't – he won't hold up by the end of that. And I just can't see him being worth it to many teams. So, I guess our final segment of the episode – or, yeah, yeah, final segment – Sports Illustrated, I guess, has gone out of business. What are y'all's favorite, you know, covers slash magazines you guys have looked at slash read? Um, you know, I've been getting them for years, so uh, I got like a ton of those to look through. But I know there's been some good ones over time, and you know, it's gonna be different not getting those every month i guess if this is the end kind of what's your favorite uh sports illustrated uh uh my favorite sports illustrated gotta be uh the one with jeremy lynn on the cover it says jeremy's world a big surprise big money big heart definitely brings you back to the lynn sanity days uh you know i think the best ones though that i always like to look at were the like previews before basketball football and baseball those were always nice. And then at the end of the year, they would always do the sports person of the year. Those would always be interesting. So I think those are probably, you know, the best group of those. My favorite one was when John Carlos Stanton was traded to the Yankees in 20, 2018 offseason. Uh, and they made a flex for Aaron Judd and John Carlos Stanton being the two biggest guys in the MLB at the time, both leading the league in home. Yeah, and that one right about wraps it up. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one.